Mental Health During the COVID-19 Pandemic, Giving Bad News. This is Shira Vollmer, MD. I'm a psychiatrist at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Thank you for joining me for this 10th episode in my series of podcasts on mental health during the coronavirus. This series is about keeping yourself and your patients mentally healthy in this unstable and scary world. These podcasts will be published weekly by primed.com. Today's topic is healthcare professionals, how to give bad news. Delivering bad news is one of the most daunting tasks faced by healthcare professionals. During this COVID-19 crisis, this often involves patients they have known for only a few hours. Additionally, they are called upon to deliver the news with little planning or training. Let's first talk about what it means to have bad news. One source defines bad news as any news that drastically and negatively alters the patient's view of their future. Clearly, COVID-19, for many patients in the hospital, need to hear bad news. Historically, communication skills have not been a priority in medical education. This leaves clinicians unprepared for the communication complexity and emotional intensity of breaking bad news. The fear clinicians have about delivering bad news include fear of being blamed, evoking a strong reaction in the patient or their family, expressing emotion, not knowing all the answers, fear of the unknown and the untaught, and the personal fear of illness and death. This can lead to the clinician becoming emotionally disengaged from their patients. Additionally, bad news delivered inadequately or insensitively can impair patients' and relatives' long-term adjustment to the consequences of that news. Some surveys done have shown that 85% of both residents and attendings felt that they needed additional training to be effective when delivering bad news. Experience does help with skill building, but learning good communication skills is always valuable. And during COVID-19, those skills are now critically important. Given the negative consequences of delivering bad news poorly for both patient and clinician, clinicians training in delivering bad news is sorely needed. The best training will include training how to work with patients' families. When the clinician involves the patient's family, the patient perceives the clinician to be emotional, available, expressive of hope, and not dominant. Ideally, the clinician takes into account the cultural, spiritual, and religious beliefs and practices of the family. The clinician must check for understanding. This is in contrast to the clinician expressing sadness, because sadness in the clinician can hinder the information exchange. As a resource, there's a 1992 book by Rob Buckman entitled How to Break Bad News, A Guide for Healthcare Professionals. He suggests finding out how much the patient knows, sharing information, and assuring that the message is understood. There are some practical suggestions which are easily implemented. For example, The clinician should take a few minutes to think through what they are going to say to the patient. In addition, the clinician should be ready with additional resources to hand to the patient and their family, be it a website, a handout for a support group, a social worker referral, or other support organization. 
Simple things like having a tissue boxy handy is important as the patient and the family need permission to cry and express sadness. Other simple rules of communication are to be frank but compassionate, avoid euphemisms and medical jargon. The Irish Hospice Foundation has put together a YouTube to help clinicians deliver bad news. In this, they describe five important steps. Number one, prepare yourself. Number two, make a connection. Number three, warn, then deliver the news. Number four, acknowledge the impact. Number five, make a plan. In terms of preparing yourself, familiarize yourself with the relevant clinical information. Take a few deep breaths to present a calm and caring demeanor. Making a connection involves introducing yourself to everyone present and asking for names and relationships to the patient. In the days of COVID-19, these introductions are done with video conferencing, but the rules still apply. When going to number three, delivering the news, the clinician should ask the patient how much they already know about their healthcare status. This will help avoid communication mishaps that can occur in hospitals when patients are seeing multiple clinicians. The idea of a warning means that the clinician should concern themselves with the preface. For example, quote, I'm afraid I have some difficult news, unquote. This helps prepare the patient for what is to come. In step four, it's important to say things such as, quote, I know this is difficult to hear, unquote. After acknowledging the impact, allow the patient to have their reaction, which, which often means allowing for a silence after giving bad news. If the silence is prolonged, then the clinician can say, quote, I see you have been quiet. I'm wondering what you are thinking, unquote. The clinician needs to make sure that the information is being processed before proceeding to step five, which is making a plan. For example, quote, Mrs. Smith, can you tell me what you are understanding from our conversation so that I can make sure I did a good job explaining to you your situation, unquote. And finally, with making a plan, schedule a follow-up contact, be it with yourself or your staff, be it on video or by text. Following up after giving bad news is vital to creating a caring and trusting environment for the patient and his family. The patient and their family should not feel that giving bad news is an item on your checklist, but rather the hope is that they feel that giving bad news, although very painful, is also a moment of your day in which you are showing your greatest amount of compassion. They also remind the clinician that there is body language, tone of voice, and word choice. All of these are important in talking to patients. COVID-19 adds the additional hardship that the clinician is masked and gowned and therefore not seen. However, some hospitals are creating name tags for, for clinicians with their photos on it to help the patients feel more comfortable. I think this was a wonderfully soulful intervention during this most traumatic time. Further, the PPP, the PPE, makes it more imperative that the clinician focus on tone of voice and word choice when giving bad news. As with all difficult situations, 
The clinician must be open to a variety of responses, including denial, anger, sadness, and fear for themselves and their loved ones. The clinician must learn how to name the dominant feeling that they experience after the bad news has been conveyed. For example, the clinician could say to the patient or their family member, quote, I'm sensing this difficult news is bringing up very angry feelings for you, which is understandable. You are likely to go through a lot of difficult feelings and different feelings, and I and my staff are here to help you with those complex feelings as we recognize this is a very difficult time for you and your loved ones. The goal here is to not get defensive. Although it may seem, for example, that the patient is angry with the staff, it is more likely that they are angry over the helplessness of the situation and understanding that helpless feelings can sometimes lead to angry feelings will help the clinician not get defensive and remain empathic. Other factors to consider when delivering bad news include the physical and social setting of the message. Although hospitals may be crowded, it's very important to provide a space which is quiet, comfortable, and private. It is also important that there will be no interruptions and that the clinician has set aside protected time to discuss the bad news. Even if this protected time is only 10 minutes, that is far superior to being interrupted when giving bad news. In other words, the phone needs to be turned off when talking to families about difficult situations. Finally, delivering bad news requires that the clinician do self-care as a way to acknowledge the wear and tear on the clinician in giving bad news. Healthcare professionals care about their patients, and as such, when something bad happens to their patients, it can cause serious emotional distress in the healthcare provider. As such, the clinician must recognize that each time the clinician gives bad news, there's increased vulnerability in the healthcare professional. This increased vulnerability may require a break from medical practice, be it 10 to 20 minutes for deep breathing or meditation, or the clinician, because they are feeling vulnerable, might seek the help of a colleague to debrief on the situation. Or if the clinician still feels out of sorts, despite seeking help from a colleague, then the clinician should seek out mental health care. As discussed in a previous podcast, this mental health care should be done by a specialist in COVID-19, as treating clinicians during COVID-19 is a specialty and requires extra training. Despite the challenges during COVID-19 and the many times that bad news must be given to patients and their families, clinicians can find tremendous gratification in providing a therapeutic presence during a patient's greatest need and greatest time of fear. To recap, delivering bad news is a skill set which is both cognitively and emotionally demanding. Historically, this has not been a major part of healthcare training. Going forward, there should be training by communication specialists and by mental health providers to help clinicians develop this skill set. Being prepared for a variety of effective responses is important in not becoming defensive after giving bad news. Further, after giving bad news, there should be an immediate opportunity for self-care, which includes deep breathing, meditation, talking with a colleague, and considering mental health intervention. 
Thank you very much for joining me to discuss mental health in the time of COVID-19. I look forward to your feedback and for you to join me for my next podcast on primed.com. I'm Shira Volmer, MD. Until next time, stay well and stay happy.